Hello, and welcome to the Bookish Banter Podcast, where we'll be sharing our opinions about our favorite books, authors, and bookish impulse buys. Follow along on our journey to finishing and sharing our endless TBR. Go ahead and subscribe, leave us a review, and follow us on our Instagram and TikTok at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, how's it going? It's going very well. I'm very excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited. Do you want to go ahead and say hello and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Ori Ekbaji-Williams, and my debut novel, The Three of Us, is out now officially in North America today. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) So we start off all of our episodes with a series of questions, so we'll start with those. And the first one is, what is your favorite standalone? Ooh. That's a hard one. (laughs) That is a hard one. Um... I'm going to cheat. I'm going to, I'm going to do a tie. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it's a tie between Mohsin Hamid's Exit West mm. and Every Day is for the Thief by Teju Cole. Exit West is this beautiful book of magical realism, which you don't realize is magical realism when you first pick it up and then you read it and you realize it's this whole other world, which is incredible. And then Every Day for the Thief um, is just hilarious. It's basically a man walking through Lagos and experiencing all the things and the life and the drama that happens in there. And it's got one of my favorite insults um, I've ever seen written in a book that I remember to this day because it's just so hilarious. So yeah, those are two of my favorite standalone novels. I love that. Those both sound really good. (laughs) (laughs) So in contrast to that, what is your favorite series? Ooh. That's a hard one. I don't read a lot of series. Do you know what? This is going to sound, and I literally was talking the other day I think yesterday about the fact that I related something on another podcast. I was relating everything back to this, but probably the Twilight series. I read that series so fast. I had never read a series that quickly in my life. And I was obsessed. I would literally sit on the edge of my bed with the thick hardback books. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, through it. My parents were like, why are you reading about vampires? <laughs> and I was like, you don't understand. It's a whole thing. Nobody understands. Werewolves. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite series to read. The Game of Thrones series. I think I've read two of those books and they were deeply stressful. Deeply, yeah. deeply stressful, but also really good reads. But they're also really dense in terms of like the world, build, world building and everything. So they did take me a long time to read, but I did, I did really, really like those. But also, I have to give a shout out to the Shopaholic series by Sophie Kinsella because I was obsessed with those books when I was younger, and I read a bunch. I think I read like three or four of them once on one holiday, oh, I love um, that. like a week long holiday, and I was just, yeah. I had, Mom, I need the next one. I need the next one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Twilight's like a classic. Like I, I haven't read it since it came out, but I feel like if I went back, I would cringe a lot, but I'd probably read it very quickly. It's one of those ones that's like very easy to binge for sure. Yeah. 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 Game of Thrones is dense. (laughs) I read the first one. I'm like halfway through the second and it is like taking me forever because it's such a heavy book. And like, I don't know if you've seen the series, but I feel like I've watched the series too many times to read the books now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I love that. (laughs) Who is your ultimate book boyfriend? Oh, oh my gosh. There's one that I read. Okay. So I read a rom-com was last year, the Spanish love deception. Mm-hmm. And I think the guy is called Aaron in that Aaron Blackford. I think so. That sounds about right. So hot. So <laughs> hot. The way she just writes him is amazing. Women who are able to write like really hot men without us being able to see them. That is a skill. That is a talent that deserves awards. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And then also Malachi and a friend of mine, she, uh, Bolu Babalola, she wrote a book called Honey and Spice. Mm-hmm. And the guy Malachi in that is also like everybody's dream guy. And he's just, that. he's just amazing. So yeah, I would probably say those two. Those are really good options. I love them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, who is your ultimate book girlfriend or your favorite female character? Ooh. Yeah, this is a tough one. <laughs> there's just, there's just so many. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like to hit you really hard at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm like looking on my shelves, like trying to see 
who is my favorite woman oh my gosh yeah i'm really having to look i don't even know oh do you know what i won't use profanity on this podcast but there a book i published when i was at when i was working as an editor full-time called wildfire which i got on my shelf there's a character in there who uses an insult and they are trinidadian and she uses an insult which apparently is very common. It's mother and then see you next Tuesday. And it's just really funny. And I just think the way that that character uses insults, she's one of the aunties and she's just hilarious. I think she's one of my favorite characters because she just has, she has no filter. And yeah. I think me and Tammy would get along. She has no filter. She just says exactly what she wants and whatever anyone, however they deal with it is how they deal with it. And she's happy with that. She's like, it's fine. It's not my problem. It's your problem. <laughs> really I love that. Yeah, that's a character yeah. I absolutely relate to. <laughs> That is awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in your writing journey? Yeah, so it's funny because the other day, I think last week actually we were talking about books and writing with my parents. They were like, oh, you know, we were talking to my aunt on FaceTime because she was in America and they were saying, you know, she she's the younger one, but she and her sister used to leave their doors open and she'd make up stories for the two of them when they were going to sleep. And I think that's definitely where my storytelling thing came from. And then also I think being Nigerian, like we overhear a lot of like gossip and things like that and people telling stories about other people and they do it in this very animated way. And I think that's probably also where I got a bit of my storytelling um, knack from. And then, you know, I, I would write short stories here and there. I think when I was at my parents' house years ago, I was sort of clearing out certain things. I was finding like stories that I wrote. I found out that I wrote a story. Um, it must have been maybe like seven or eight. <laughs> a story about a girl who gets peer pressured into smoking a cigarette and then she smokes a cigarette and then the next day she dies. And I was like, that's really um, intense. <laughs> it was clearly, I was clearly trying to write some kind of like fable with a moral to the story. Yeah, yeah. Not to be dramatic um, or anything, but. <laughs> yes, so dramatic, but that was really funny. So funny. And yeah, then I think just since then, I've really liked the idea of telling stories, but I never thought that I was going to be a writer myself. I, I thought I would help other people to write their stories. So when I found out that, about the idea of being an editor, I was like, oh, this sounds like something I'd love to do. I'd love to help people tell their own stories. And so when I sort of had this idea for a book that I wrote years and years and years ago now, and I sent it to a friend of mine, she was like, oh, I think you should send this out to agents. And so I did, and then I got my agent. And then I realized that I hated that idea. And then <laughs> went through a bunch of other ideas and then eventually found this one. So um, it's been a lot of trial and error and sort of figuring out what it is that I like and what I really love to write and enjoy. But it's been worth it because if I hadn't written all those other bad ideas, I maybe would never come up with this one. So it's all been yeah. good. Gosh, what a journey. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so can you give us a spoiler free overview of the three of us and what it's kind of about? Yes. So the three of us uh, asked the question, what would you do if your best friend and your partner hated each other? And it's set over the course of one day and is told from the perspective of the wife, then the husband, and then the best friend. And during the course of this day, they are drinking a lot of wine, and therefore they are saying things that they really do mean um, to each other about how much they hate each other, or how much they like each other, but it's a lot less how much they like each other. So you kind of get the, the present day perspective, and then you get to hear sort of how they met, and what their opinions, their first impressions of each other were, what their ideas for life are. And ultimately, it's a bit of a guessing game in terms of guessing who you believe is the most reliable and unreliable narrator of the three of them and what their desires and goals really are and who is being honest and who isn't being honest. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a little bit of a, a spoiler free version of the three of us. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I really felt like you did such a great job of every time we switched characters. I was like, wait, <laughs> is one of them less reliable than the last one? Like, who do I ask? <laughs> actually believe and then by the time you get to the end I'm like I don't actually know if I believe any of them <laughs> yeah. So, yeah I loved that it was great it was really fun and I love like I don't know I think it's just something in the UK but like the book is so tiny it's like short and small and I was as soon as I got it I was like oh my gosh this is adorable like I need it <laughs> I was like I just want to carry it around because it's so cute <laughs> 
yeah I, the format is honestly so beautiful and it's like perfect to slip in your bag or like slip in your suitcase and then add to your luggage you know it's the perfect thing to take on holiday yeah, so, yeah. it really is I was like this is precious like I literally just been leaving it on my desk and looking at it because it's so cute oh. <laughs> and I love the cover I'm like oh it's just adorable I love it they did um, such a good job on the cover they really did yeah they did an amazing job let's talk a little bit about what inspired you to create the story and all of your characters within it so the idea for the book came from actually a conversation I was having with my best friend who the book is dedicated to actually she doesn't hate anybody she's like the nicest person in the world even though she kind of for a long time she was like is Timmy based on me and I was like no you're far too kind but we were having a conversation that was about someone I was seeing and I said oh, I really like him and she was like oh now you're gonna get a boyfriend I'm never gonna get to see you and I was like no yes understand that you come first which was like kind of a joke and then I was like oh actually I wonder what would happen if that was like a situation where you know you had a boyfriend but your best friend really didn't like that you had this boyfriend and they really didn't get along and so then I got to thinking, oh, maybe that could be like an idea for a book. And then I just start, I literally just started writing that first line, Timmy comes over at 12, is the same line that I first wrote of the whole book. So I'm so glad it's still there. And the story just sort of developed from there. And the thing is, I actually first was only going to write the wife. And then I was like, mm, this is very much a monologue and very internal. It actually is a bit too much of just her perspective. Yeah. I want to hear what these other two have to say, what they're thinking, what's going on in their minds, what their psyche is saying. And so, yeah, so then I, I sort of came up with the idea for the other two. And I just, I really love the idea of like rich, messy people. I think in the last few years, we've seen so many TV shows and films that delve into that, like um, Big Little Lies, which is based on a book about loads of rich, messy people. Mm -hmm. um, you've got Succession, you've got The White Lotus, you just have yeah. all these different shows that really delve so well into that kind of whole worlds and how they have these very minute problems that they deal with and how they make such a big deal out of them and well how they're complaining all the time about really stupid things but really they have everything they need so I, I really wanted to tap into that and I thought this is the perfect way to do that so yeah it sort of came with that kind of internal struggle between the best friend and the husband and then also the idea of this, just their general ridiculousness about their lives and the way that they live as well yeah absolutely no, I love that that's awesome <laughs> so none of the characters are based on specific people then <laughs> No, thank goodness. No. Yeah. Even yeah. A lot of my friends who really like Temi have tried to claim that I've based it on them. And I'm like, I haven't, but you you do you. You take you what can you want. believe <laughs> that if you will. <laughs> if that is your choice. Do you feel like you struggled a little bit to kind of write from three different characters' perspectives or you know, you know, writing from the male perspective at one point and all of that kind of stuff? Or did you find like the story flowed really well? Yeah. So I the the husband and Temi's perspectives were a lot shorter when I first wrote the book I think mm -hmm. Temi's section was less than 15 maybe even 10 pages and I basically was running out of steam at that point and I I hadn't written anything really about them or who they were so I actually wrote character profiles for them after the fact because I thought I need to know exactly who these people are and what they're like and that helped me when I went back to write sec the second draft to then figure out who these people were and make them more well-rounded I was I was concerned about what it would be like writing from a man's perspective because I didn't want to be incredibly stereotypical. I didn't want to be super cliche. I wanted him to feel like a real person who people could decide that they liked or that they didn't like. Um, I think it goes either way with all the characters in the book. People yeah. decide whether they like them or not. And I wanted that to be an option for the reader. I didn't want it to be super spelled out for them. So I, I was worried about how that would come across, but I think it works really well. And I think the fact that I wrote those character profiles and I figured out who they were, what they liked and didn't like, all that kind of stuff, what they wanted for, their, for themselves, helped to make them fully well-rounded characters that feel more real rather than just like an extra character added onto the wife. 
Yeah, absolutely. You definitely did that. I will say that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I really liked that. And I feel like when I kind of got through the wife's perspective and went into the husband's, I was like, wait, is he more reliable than she is? And like, (laughs) is he more stable than she is when she kind of has the opportunity to be whoever she wants to be? Because, you know, she doesn't have a job and all those sorts of things. So I thought that was really well done. And I liked that part. I was like, oh, this is interesting. (laughs) I might actually like him more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a big theme of this is kind of figuring out what you want to do with your life versus, you know, what your parents have told you, what society's telling you, all those sorts of things. Do you feel like these characters got what they wanted in the end? Or is this just, you know, kind of open for interpretation? Definitely open for interpretation. Well, I think depending on how you read it, I mean, you could say that Temi gets what she wants at the end. And in in a way, the wife gets what she wants at the end. But that depends on what what it is that you think the wife wants. Uh, Yeah, I, I would say it's open to interpretation. I think that Maybe they all think that in a way that they've they've won to an extent, potentially, but I think you have to figure out who you trust the most and what it is exactly that you think they want to then figure out whether or not they've whether or not you think they've gotten what exactly it is that they wanted. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was very open and open. Yeah. So I wanted to ask. <laughs> totally fair. What drew you to this genre in the first place? I think I really love what I think it's funny because I think we I was talking to some people the other day, and I think a lot of people call it millennial fiction, which I don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I'm not sure. But I love the idea of sort of writing something that was sort of feeling very contemporary, but then also, I don't know, it it didn't feel like it was either super literary or super commercial. It was just kind of like in the middle. It kind of blended both worlds and it was just really enjoyable. And I love books that are writing about like relationships and stuff. And that's what they now call like millennial fiction where anybody's writing about relationships and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, it kind of sits in that world, but also it could be relatable on any scale. It could be relatable when you're 15. It could be relatable when you're 49. It could be relatable when you're 76. Like it could be relatable yeah. across various different ages. And I just thought it'd be a really interesting thing to sort of cover and have that feel very relatable in that sense. And also just accessible reading wise. There is nothing too like complex in there. I don't, I mean, in terms of the dialogue, I'm obviously a bit more experimental with that. But outside of that, everything is very much like things people know and references and things like that. But I think people will sort of find funny and enjoy. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I have never heard of millennial fiction, but that's, that tracks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And I love that. And I feel like for me, like I don't read a ton of, you know, just fiction in general, or like contemporary. It's always got romance and things like that. And I've realized now I need to read more of it because I want the fiction element and like the relationships and the kind of the monotony of every day without the romance. And that is in fiction. And it's taken me a long time to kind of realize that and get there. But I really do like that, you know, style where it's like, you're actually learning about the characters and it's not, there's not like one goal in mind of them falling in love or them like reaching whatever it is they're looking for. So yeah, I think that's really interesting. I was kind of curious what made you decide to like, or what drew you to the genre in the first place? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was the hardest type of scene for you to write or the hardest scene specifically for you to write? Scenes with all three of them in mm. because I mean, well, I, I won't say I shot myself in the foot because I like that I did this, but obviously I don't use quotation marks. And I don't separate out the, lang- uh, the the speech apart from in the scene where the husband and the wife are talking back and forth. And at first I had a lot of he says and she says, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so annoying. I don't like reading that myself. I don't want to make someone else read it. Yeah. How do I, how do I figure this out? And then I was like, okay, let me just, I don't know, try and figure another way to do this, which was to say, he talks about this or she talks about that, which is a better way of doing it. But writing scenes where there were all three of them and remembering where somebody else was and then where I wanted to move to and to have to like go back and track that. Because sometimes I remember some edits where my editor would be like, 
I thought she was sitting down. Why is she standing by the fridge? And I was like, oh God, I don't know. I forgot that she was standing. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that she was sat, I forgot that she was sat down. I didn't realize. Um, so those kinds of bits were actually really hard to write. And also making sure that the bits where they were talking about the past, they didn't, I didn't feel like I was there for too long because I didn't want to pull the reader out of the present because mm-hmm. the present was obviously a really sort of moment of heightened tension throughout the whole book. And I didn't want to take the reader out of that for too long and then have them in the past for ages. So I wanted to make sure that it was a lot more sort of like well-structured and things like that. So yeah. that was quite hard to do both of those bits. Yeah, absolutely. Is the quotation marks thing, um, is that like a UK thing or was that just something you decided to do? Because this is like the fifth book I've written by an English author <laughs> that does not use quotation marks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. The thing is, the first person I saw really do it was, and well, although I'm probably sure it was before, the first person in the last few years I've seen do it, almost recent person, is Sally Rooney. Yep. And I really liked that because I just liked how clean the page looked. But no, for me, with the book I'm writing now, I am using quotation marks. Okay. Also, it's really strange now that I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, those are quotation marks. Do I need them? <laughs> there are a lot more characters, so I think I do. For this book, I it was very much like, this is a monologue from each person. And so they need to have their whole own space to be able to say, this is what this is, and this is what this isn't, that kind of thing. So I thought it was really important to make sure that everything was in their voice and it didn't feel like it was separated off into like they were telling a story kind of thing this is very much all internal I I really liked being able to do that so yeah I thought it would be nice if it were there were no uh there were no speech marks and it was all sort of kept in line but I didn't know that that was it maybe maybe we do it a lot more often maybe it's becoming a British thing who knows (laughs) yeah because it was definitely yeah Sally Rooney book and then I read it's by Louise Kennedy she wrote Trespassers oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, that one too does not have them. And I was like, wait a minute. And then I looked back at a couple others and I was like, hold on. <laughs> is this like a, is this a British thing? <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it is now. Yeah, you guys are starting a revolution. Like no quotation marks. <laughs> Never heard of them. <laughs> so in contrast to that, what was your favorite scene to write? Ooh, that's a really good question. No one's asked me that yet. What's my favorite scene to write? So the very last paragraph of the book, I really enjoyed writing that. I thought that was really fun. And when my agent first read it, she was like, that is fantastic. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think also the scene where the husband and the wife are yelling at each other from mm. he's upstairs and she's downstairs. Or yeah, I think he's upstairs and she's downstairs. I love that scene because I know that I've like, whether I've been in a room or in a house or whatever it is, and you've been shouting across the room or been shouting from two different places. I, I love that the way that those conversations happen because yeah. people are also mishearing things or they're getting annoyed because that person's not coming to them. And someone's like, why are we shouting each other? I thought that was really fun. I, I did really enjoy writing that. And I particularly enjoyed the fact that I was able to put a Kardashian's reference in there. That made yes. me very happy. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was definitely laughing at that moment. Because I was like, this is so typical. Like, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, hi, come here, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I'm never going to be the one to get up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Is there a character that you relate to the most? Oh, I relate to all of them. Although, well, okay. I, I kept saying to my mum, well, I say a lot, I, I, uh, my personality type is very much a people pleaser. My mum says that I should refer to myself as a recovering people pleaser. <laughs> um, so I am a recovering people pleaser. And I think the wife is very much a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. But that being said, I think there's actually a bit of me and a bit of, yeah, a bit of me, a bit of each of the characters in me. And I think there's a bit of each character in everybody. There's the person who, you know, wants everybody to be happy, doesn't want any bumps in the road, wants everything to be smooth sailing, 
wants to meet everyone's expectations, blah, blah, blah. There's also the person who wants their peace and wants to protect it and doesn't want anyone to get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. And then there are also, also people who believe that they have they have ultimate integrity and that they protect the truth and they protect their friends and very fiercely protective of them, that they should be able to protect that at whatever cost. They don't mind doing whatever it takes to protect that or protect the people that they love. And I think that there's a little bit of that in every single one of us. So I think from the, from the recovering people pleaser um, perspective, I would probably say the wife, but I think ultimately every single one of them, because you know, when it comes to our, like your family and friends, you know, there are people that you would do anything for and you would protect yeah. them against anything. And if they, you thought they were falling off the wagon slightly, you'd be like, Hey, you're being strange. Don't do that. <laughs> um, and also there are things that you really like, things that you like to do either by yourself or with friends that you're willing to like really protect and defend your peace for. So yeah, I think, I think a little bit of all of them ultimately. Totally fair. You identify with the most. I definitely would say the best friend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm that person that's like no filter. I'll tell you exactly what you should be doing, and like if it's, if I'm not happy with it, you will know. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I have very little people pleasing in me. <laughs> that's good. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, mm, do I care? Probably not. <laughs> About you? Ooh, 50-50. No, I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, I'm definitely not. But I think either that or the husband, like I'm very particular about things and I want stuff to be done like the way I want it done. So I could see myself being a little him as well. But yeah, definitely the friend. I was like, oh, I like this girl. (laughs) (laughs) So was there a character that you struggled to write? Yes, I struggled to write Temi because I, once I'd done the best friend, uh, the wife and the husband, I was then like, oh, I feel like there's all this pressure now based on the way that she's been perceived that she needs to be this hilarious really snappy person with all these quips and all that kind of stuff and I was like how how do I write this person like how do I make her as interesting as I want her to be so that was really really hard and I was like yeah. I feel so much to make her like the most interesting person ever so that was quite hard and I had to go through quite a lot to get her to where she was and that's where like the character profiles came in really handy that I wrote to really make them feel like well-rounded people um, and I just had to get to know her a lot better and I think actually Although in the end, I think we probably did the most editing to the wife section because her section was really, really long. We did quite a bit of work to the Temi section as well. Um, my editors were like, I think we need something that really like defines her at the beginning. So there's that sort of paragraph at the beginning of her section where she, she's describing like, I like this, I don't like this and I can do this and I won't do that and I believe this and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, that's like her little personal manifesto. Yeah. I think that really helped me to then broaden her out and make sure that she wasn't just this very singular person that all she does is go to her friend's house all the time. It's like she has this whole life and she wants that life for her friend as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely related to her first bit. And then when she made the comment about uh, why would you want children, they suck the life out of you. I actually uh, took like a screenshot of that on my Kindle and I was like, I'm saving this forever. (laughs) I highlighted it in the book. Like I got the physical and I was like, I need to highlight this moment right here because that is exactly how I feel. (laughs) I was like, I love her. She's my new favorite character ever. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad. Yeah, it was so funny because I was like, oh, and I love I love that that was like one of her personality traits was like, why are you wanting this for yourself? Because children are in fact a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> sort of. Just kidding. I hate children. So <laughs> as soon as I read that, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> uh yeah, I loved that moment. And I really I, I did really like the beginning of hers. I think, yeah, she was a very interesting character. And it, it was like a fun note to end on, too. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Is there a specific character that you enjoyed writing the most or you felt like was the easiest? I did really enjoy writing the husband, but I'd probably say the wife was the easiest to write because she's so droll and like one note. So she's very kind of like emotionless. Even when she's writing about how my mother says this to me and my parents do this to me, it just feels like she's saying it all like this and she doesn't really care and it's just kind of annoying and she's just going through life. And I love that. And I thought that was that felt a lot easier to write than something with like a lot of passion and emotion. She's just Mm -hmm. very 
she's kind of matter of fact about everything she says. And so I really enjoy that kind of being this droll, emotionless person for a little while because I'm very much the opposite of that. I'm very emotional and like <laughs> emphatic and excited about everything. So, uh, well, not excited about everything, but some things. <laughs> so I, I, I really enjoyed that aspect of it and like making her this big, like lively person. Yeah, yeah, she was really fun. I definitely enjoyed reading from her perspective because I felt like it was, like you said, it's very matter of fact and it's like an interesting tone that I don't feel like we get a lot from characters. But at the same time, it's it's that people pleasing, like this is the standard, I'm doing what I've been told. I feel like I've checked enough boxes that my parents will leave me alone. But at the yeah. same time, I'm still getting to like have my best friend and live my life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. that was a very interesting dynamic for sure. So what has this process been like for you being a debut author in the time of sort of the rise of, publishing in general <laughs> what's that been like for you it's been really interesting and I think what I've really loved but I could also have seen to both sides of although very rare I've only seen sort of one bad side of it is how lovely it is to engage with like bookstagrammers and book talkers and people like that who are just like so supportive of the book like the idea that someone will read your book and like it and tell their friend about it is one thing but then the fact that they will go onto their platform and make a write a review about it and tell other people to buy it like that's such a big deal and you know these book bloggers and book instagrammers they don't get paid for it necessarily you know they get the free book but that's not being paid for their work and time and everything so it's a real privilege and I'm so grateful for that kind of thing the sort of counter side of that is that sometimes people cannot be very nice about it but I think you just have to say to yourself do you know what I'm living rent-free in your head if you've taken the time to write something that negative about yeah. it. So <laughs> I'm going to take that anyway. I'm going to take that as a win regardless. Plus you read the book, which is what I wanted in the first place. Right, so right. I'm all... going to take it all the win. Yeah, all press is good press, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take it anyway. But it's just been incredible because I know having worked in publishing, how much goes into writing and making a book. Mm-hmm. So the idea that, um, you know, they've worked so hard and they've done this incredible job on it has just been amazing to me. And I've just been so happy to see like everything and been grateful for everything everything that they've done. So it's been, it's been a really, really great process. I'm, I'm really, really happy. That's so cool. So you kind of got to see the other side of it and were involved as an author. Was that like really intense for you, difficult, or did you find it kind of more fun to be involved in every step of the way and, and know how it works? I am glad that I was not part of every step of the way because I okay. know how stressful it can be. <laughs> and I know how many meetings go into things and meetings about meetings and all that kind of stuff. So I gained a newfound respect for my former authors I used to work with when I was a full-time editor because writing a book is one thing and editing it is one thing, but then being the person to have to go in and like do all the edits is a whole other situation. And I always thought, oh, the editing is so hard. You have to tell someone this is bad and whatever and whatever, and you have to find the ways to make it better. But to actually have to reread the book, open it out and then figure out everything that needs to work or not work is also a whole different thing so I, I gained a newfound respect after doing that <laughs> yeah because you probably had to reread your book like 17 times Numbers. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like I'm done now I actually don't want to publish it anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome that's so crazy yeah that's really fun do you have any advice for any aspiring authors yes I would say be patient with yourself give yourself grace when it comes to writing your book don't write it in a rush write it in the time that you need to write it take your time and don't compare yourself. Comparison is the thief of joy. It's amazing when you see New York Times bestselling this and Sunny Times bestselling this, and that's all fantastic. And you see this is being adapted into this, but your journey is your journey because it belongs to you and it's because it's not theirs. Um, you're never going to have the same trajectory. What's going to be right for you is going to happen for you and it's going to happen in the right timing. So just enjoy that part of the process and then make sure you keep enjoying writing as well. I like that. That's really good advice. <laughs> I think sometimes people really get in their head about that. And it's like, all of a sudden you're looking and you're like, is this, is this any good? Should I stop? And it's kind of that like spiral. And it is really yeah. easy to compare, especially nowadays, I think with like so much accessibility and the bookish interwebs and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, yeah. I really like that. So what's next for you? 
I'm working on book two. It's not a sequel, but it's okay. a second novel. Um, so yeah, that's also about sort of relationships and trust and perspectives and things like that. So I'm excited about that one. Oh, I love that. That's very exciting. When is that one scheduled to come out? Well, that's a great question. I have no idea. I'm I'm assuming probably sometime in 2025, probably. Okay. But yeah, so hopefully around then sometime. Awesome. Well, that's so exciting. I can't wait. <laughs> so are you going on a book tour? Are you doing any like virtual events or any signings? Yes, I'm doing a couple of events. I'm doing some book festivals here and some events. And then on June 1st, I'm also doing an event with Robert Jones Jr., which is really exciting. So I'm really excited about those as well. That is so exciting. And where can everybody find you on the on the internet? Do you have a website? All that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. So my website is oriawilliams.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at oriawilliams as well. Well, those are kind of all the questions that I had. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Any questions you have for me? No, that was fantastic. That was great. Also so many questions that no one's asked me yet before. So those are great. <laughs> you stumped me. <laughs> yeah. I did a thing a long time ago. I asked people like, what questions do you want me to ask every author? So I usually ask oh, those, the favorite scene and the hardest scene to write ones are, those are like, audience request one. So I always add those in there, but I feel like if it's spoiler filled, like then that's easier. But when it's spoiler free, I like to ask the questions about kind of like character development and the things that won't spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes it harder. You got to like think of different ones if you're not going to yeah. add the spoilers in there. So I really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed it. If you aren't following us, go ahead and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at the Bookish Banter Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And thank you guys again for all of your support. Have a great day.